Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. It's great to be with you. Many, many years ago, I invited one of the most celebrated Messianic Jews in this movement to come to Denver and to speak to our congregation. I and my staff picked up at, uh, picked this person up at the airport, and within minutes, uh, we were all engaged in what would become a series of challenges related to the Torah and believing Gentiles. And although I have some Jewish DNA on my father's side, it is not enough to be considered Jewish under Jewish law. And yet, I was wearing tzitzit. Now, there's a number of triggers that got all of us off on the wrong foot. It was very unfortunate. Number one, we were believers of Gentile origin, yet we're wearing tzitzit. And this Messianic Jewish leader um, was certainly more than inquisitive as to why we were wearing them. Plus, we were wearing them on the outside of our clothing, highly visible, and that too presented a problem. And the tzitzit were not attached to a traditional four-cornered garment like a talit katan, but were on, God forbid, the belt loops of our pants. This led to an ongoing and very passionate discussion of what the biblical text is actually saying in regard to the tzitzit. Now, the passage is pretty clear, and the frustration over all of this was heightened when I pointed out and kept the focus on the text rather than tradition. Today, I want to share some things with you from this text and address the issue of whether a believing Gentile should wear them today. Keep in mind that this is a midrash and not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my own ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. This text uh, that I'm going to read from is from the JPS translation. It's uh, from the Tanakh out of the book of Numbers, chapter 15, verses 37 through 40. The Lord said to Moses as follows, Speak to the Israelite people and instruct them to make for themselves fringes on the corners of their garments throughout the ages. Let them attach a cord of blue to the fringe at each corner. That shall be your fringe. Look at it and recall all the commandments of the Lord and observe them, so that you do not follow your heart and eyes in your lustful urge. Thus you shall be reminded to observe all my commandments and to be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I, the Lord, your God. That's the passage. Here's some questions. Are tzitzit only for Jewish people or for all of Israel? Must they be worn on only a four-cornered garment like a tallit katan? 
Must they only be white? What about the blue cord? And what is the purpose of the tzitzit? And is it relevant for us today? So let's unpack this verse. Let's begin Numbers 15, verse 37. It says, The Lord said to Moses as follows, Speak to the Israelite people. He doesn't say speak to one of the tribes or two of the tribes or to the Jewish people. He says speak to the Israelite people. This is about all of Israel. And uh, if we follow the whole theme and concept of Israel, we'll see that her borders get expanded as the promises made to Abraham encompass the Gentiles. When the Gentiles begin to come in, her borders are expanded. In other words, there's more than Jewish people that comprise Israel. It's the Jewish people plus those who believe in God, who enter into a covenant with God. They become part of believing Israel. So these believing Gentiles who lived among Israel had entered into the same covenant with God along with Israel. What about those Gentiles? You'll find them in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 10 through 13. Also later in Isaiah 56, uh, verses 6 through 8. These are Gentiles who identify with Israel, who live among Israel, who enter into a covenant, the same covenant in the same way that Israel entered in. They too are a part of the household of God. Through that covenant, they are a part of that family of God. So would they not also be wearing the same sign of the commandments, of God's greatness, of their call to be, along with Israel, a holy nation? Yeah, we would, we would say so. So, so think about that for, for a few moments as I carry on here, and then we'll come back to it. it. goes on to say, and instruct them to make for themselves fringes. So all of the Israelite people were to make fringes. Now, how do you make a fringe? Well, the text doesn't say. In fact, today there are different ways to make a fringe. You can look at the different streams within Judaism, the different rabbinic organizations and, and, and streams of Judaism, and they all make fringes differently than each other. Why? Because the text doesn't tell us how. It doesn't explain how to make a fringe. And this allows uh, us the freedom to make fringes in different ways. Add to that the Gentiles who are coming in. Uh, they're, they're, they're making some fringes that are really, really different than what you'd normally be used to, to recognizing. Uh, that's because the text is vague. It doesn't give us instructions. It just tells us to make a fringe. And then it goes on to say, and uh, put them on the corners of their garments to make these fringes on the corners of their garments. Now, now this word that we translate corners, um, it's actually better translated hems or edges. Those are better words to use in translating this Hebrew word. And this is pointed out by some of the most recent modern uh, uh, scholarship within Judaism. Hems and edges. To put them on the hems or edges of your garments. Now, now I wear mine on uh, the approximate four corners of my pants adjacent to the hem on my belt loop. In other words, my pants come together. I have four corners at, at where they're sewn together. 
that becomes the hem, and the belt loop is right there adjacent to it, and that's that's where I put my seat seat. Now, now I would not do that if I were a member of a rabbinic sect of Judaism. If I was a member of Orthodox Judaism or conservative Judaism, I would not put my seat seat on my belt loops. Why? Because as as a member of that sect of Judaism, I would follow their halacha. But but I'm not. I'm not a part of that sect of Judaism. I'm a wild olive branch. I came from the outside. I'm part of the Commonwealth of Israel in Messiah. I've been grafted in to the uh, tree of Israel. And so, so I have the freedom to wear them on the approximate corners of my garment, just like Moses was instructed. Yeah, that's a little different. It looks a little wild. It, 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 it certainly um, put back on his heels the Messianic Jewish leader who came to speak with us. Well, you know, you don't call them wild olives for nothing, right? Okay, let's go on. So it goes on in the text to say, they're going to put them on the corners of their garments throughout the ages. Let them, all of Israel, let them attach a cord of blue to the fringe at each corner. Blue, a cord of blue. Blue was the color of royalty. And only royalty could afford this color in the ancient world. Think about this. In 200 BCE, a pound of blue dye cost $36,000. And that's, that's in 1984 dollars. $36,000 for a, for a, for a pound of this blue dye or $84 a gram by 300 CE a pound cost $98,700 you can see right away that only the royals could afford this color in their clothing and homes it was a sign of authority nobility and privilege to this day, we still call a specific blue or purple royal blue or royal purple. See, God instructed all of Israel to put a cord of blue in their fringes and to wear it on the outside of their clothing for all to see. Why? Because he had redeemed them and he had called them to be a royal kingdom of priests unto him. That's why they were to put that color in their garments to communicate through that clothing that they were royal, that they were a kingdom of priests unto God. All of Israel was to wear the tassels or tzitzit on their clothing with the blue. In the words of the late great Jewish scholar Rabbi Jacob Milgram, quote, tzitzit are not restricted to Israel's leaders, be they kings, rabbis, or scholars. It is the uniform of all Israel, unquote. And by extension, I'd like to say that would include the commonwealth. That would also include those who through Messiah are being grafted into the olive tree of Israel and participating as part of Israel in the covenants of promise. Verse 39, that shall be your fringe. Look at it. And recall the commandments of the Lord. Observe them so that you do not follow your own heart and eyes in your lustful urge. That's the purpose of the French. We're to look at it. We're, we're to use our five senses. We're to use our eyes to look at it. And then, and then that should trigger a recall in our mind, in our intellect of all the commandments of the Lord to remind us, of course, 
to observe them, to walk in them. That's why we wear these, to remind us who we are, the royal priests of the king of the universe, and that he has called us to live a holy life, to live a life commensurate with his calling on our life. That's why we wear it, to remind ourselves we're the royal children of God, a priesthood before him, a holy nation, and we're to walk in his commandments. I think that's important. I think that's relevant today, especially living in a world that wants nothing to do with the commandments of God or living within the church who, who by and large does not want, you know, a growing majority of the commandments of God. Yeah, I think it's relevant. I think we should wear these. I think, I think we should uh, uh, do this as a way of reminding us to create a bulwark against the lawlessness all around us. Verse 40, thus you shall be reminded to observe all my commandments. The seats remind us who we are and to walk in his ways. I love them. I love them. I'm proud to wear them. I'm proud when they're flying on a windy day, when they're flying by my side. And I love it when I see them on other people. I know when I see them on other people that somehow they're connected with Israel, that somehow they're participating in this royal priesthood, that they are my brother, they are my sister, that we are connected together in this great holy nation of God to be a witness throughout the world of his great love and plan of redemption. Verse 41, I am, or I, the Lord, am your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I, the Lord, your God. I want to remind you that in Exodus 12, it wasn't just the sons of Jacob who came out of Egypt, but a mighty mixed multitude. And there was a significant number of that mixed multitude that came out and were redeemed alongside of the Israelites who went on with Israel to sojourn with her, who identified with the God of Israel, who entered into covenant with the God of Israel. And I believe that God had a plan for them all along. They're the forerunners that we see, those that were promised to Abraham. And it's in Messiah much later, of course, that the Gentiles come in mass through Yeshua into a covenant with the living God and are grafted into the olive tree of Israel. The Torah is being written on their heart too, to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. So in summary, all Israel gets the word of the Zitzitz. Even those who are grafted in among the nations, they're participating as part of Israel. Everyone who believes in Messiah and is part of the commonwealth of Israel has this heritage a legacy, an inheritance. They have a right to put these on and to participate with Israel in the grace of God, this great redemption. To the Jew first, of course, but also to the Gentiles. So, for Gentile believers, let your seats fly. And when a religious person asks you why you do not have them on a talit katan, tell them you're not Jewish, but are the Gentiles whom God has grafted into Israel through faith in the Messiah. Well, that's it. That concludes our program for this week. A special thanks to our great King Yeshua, the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now. Pray with us. Give financially. Share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. 
Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.